0: Hello and welcome to Yudcast, episode ninety-seven. Nearly a hundred episodes—we're getting close to it. This is Head of School Dan Glass with you once again, recording live here in the Sound Lab at the Brandeis School of San Francisco. It is wonderful to be with you on this Thursday morning. Uh, we're going to start today with a poem, as we start every day with a poem. Um, gonna read from uh, a really interesting book uh that i have been digging into lately called no dictionary of a living tongue no dictionary of a living tongue by duriel e harris uh duriel e harris is um a uh, a poet um and sound artist uh editor of Obsidian Literature and Arts in the African Diaspora. Um, Really interesting book, I have to say, um, in the early going. Uh, This is part of my year of uh, really trying to focus the majority of my poetry reading on writing by women of color. Um, There is a piece in this book that I'm going to read from called Decorous that uh, you really it would be good for you to see it. Um, it's six sections uh, and it's um, there, there's a three dimensional cube that um, is drawn on the page. And each of the six sections is on one of the faces of the cube. Um, and you can see parts of two of the other faces of the cube um, on each page. I'm going to read the last section of it because uh, this is the the poem that I read this morning in my morning mindfulness practice, uh, which includes poetry. Um, and it just was so uh, it, it went together so well with what um, I want to talk about here today that I thought it was worth sharing. Now the explanations will be bearable. A beautiful hour will come up around you. To take the complications, your arms and legs, your heart, your blood and cilia, your cell structure, directly from your mind. Your shoulders will slush through space. Your vocal cords, the final strings, will snap. Only Only these familiar blue smells will remain. Love that line, a beautiful hour will come up around you such a a lovely thought. Um, so today, uh, I wanted to share about something that was really exciting to me this week. Um, So in eighth grade, way back when, uh, I did an iSearch project, not entirely unlike the one our sixth graders undertake here at Brandeis. I picked a topic that I was curious about and set about researching, reading books and articles, although I have to say those articles were harder to find in those pre-internet days, Uh, connecting with experts in the community who could offer some insight and learning all that I could. My topic was black holes, those behemoths of nothingness, as they have been called in the New York Times recently, that sit at the centers of our galaxies. As many of you no doubt know, I did not go on to a career in astrophysics. But I have remained deeply fascinated by black holes since that project. So when the news arrived this week that, for the first time ever, a group of scientists using eight different radio observatories around the world had managed to capture a photograph of a black hole, I was thrilled. The announcement and big reveal was 9 a.m. California time on Wednesday yesterday morning. I checked in at 9.02 and found what the New York Times described as the eye of Sauron, in the photograph of the black hole. Uh, and and I've included the photograph in the word of the week. So if you um, head over to your email inboxes uh, and and check it, uh, check out Hashabu this week, you can see it. It's also, you know, if you Google photograph of black hole, there's only one of them. So uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Although I have to say the... Um, Lord of the Rings reference in an article about black holes is pretty amazing. We just need something about Street Fighter 2 to hit the triple-double of my adolescent dorkiness. Um, that was fun to read. And I have to say, shout out to the various science writers uh, in the New York Times who have been covering this topic. They have clearly uh, been enjoying um, the limits of... Uh, of the English language in, um, trying to describe, uh, black holes. Um, they, uh, one of my favorite lines was about the uh, supermassive black holes crouching at the center of our galaxies. I love that notion that they, they're sort of these monsters at the center of our galaxies. Um, But anyway, inside the the fiery ring of gases uh, that makes up that eye of Sauron-like image is the event horizon of a supermassive black hole into which the equations behind Einstein's theory of general relativity predicted that light, matter, space, and time would arrive and stop. End. Cease. Infinite nothingness. It's astounding and awe-inspiring to get to actually see it. Interesting. Um, one of the things I was curious about as an eighth grader was what would happen if a human being fell into a black hole. And um, in in what I read, um, the the idea of what would happen to matter, so human, you know, a, a human body as as a form of matter, is that the gravity from that supermassive black hole at at the bottom um, of of the piece of matter would be so much stronger than the gravity at the top that um, essentially it would like sp- it would stretch out. So if you fell in feet first, your body would sort of elongate uh, in in that space of the supermassive black hole. Um, in that once upon a time, I search project that I did, I had a friend who was uh, burgeoning photographer and videographer, um, and we did a stop motion animation claymation um, video of a person, uh, you know, an astronaut falling into a black hole. That was really fun, a fun part of that project. Um, in reading this week about this uh, black hole and and this photograph of the black hole, um, I, I found myself thinking of a passage in Rabbi Lawrence Kushner's essay, The Body of the Universe, which is a fascinating essay um, in uh, a book called Eyes Remade for Wonder, which is a a reader of Kushner's uh, various work. Um, uh, And there's there's a section of of that essay which sort of explores the notion of humanity our relationship to other human beings across space and time um, uh, questions of uh, of if there was a moment um, in the, the the grand plan for things prior to eating from the fruit uh, the of the tree of knowledge when the the plan was that there would only ever be one human being Um uh, but that in in being cast out from Eden, um, that sort of opened the possibility of, um, of time uh, existing, of, of multiple generations of people existing. Really interesting essay. But there was this piece of it um, that I think really speaks to the amazement, I feel, in encountering visually a black hole. And I think also to the work that we try and do here at Brandeis about Um, lifting up the experience of awe for our young people. So Kushner writes, There are two directions of astonishment. Here is how it happens. Above us arches the immensity of the heavens. That if the thickness of this page of paper were equal to the 93 million miles between the earth and the sun, then the distance to the edge of the known universe would be a stack of papers 31 million miles high and within us breathes the intricacy of our bodies, that in each of the 100 trillion cells of every human body there are roughly 100,000 genes coiled on a molecule of deoxyribonucleic acid, which if uncoiled and unwound would string back and forth between the earth and the sun over 400 times. Human beings stand at the center of these two infinite directions, Above us, space and time are literally astronomic within us, space and time if infinitesimal infinitesimal, infinitesimal and now we understand that the universe is expanding, growing ever larger, and that with each new microscope, the inner biology grows ever smaller. In a word, we will never see the farthest thing above, nor the smallest thing within. The greatness of the distance and the minuteness of the size will always increase simultaneously. It is almost as if we were driven to maintain this balance that always leaves us at the center. Love that passage. So this week, through collaboration at the limits of human ingenuity, we have been afforded a glimpse at one of the boundaries of the knowable the ineffable, glimmering universe that we live in. It's humbling. It's beautiful. And to me, it is also deeply spiritual, a reminder of the vastness of which we are a part. And so with that, I want to encourage all of you, go check out these amazing, amazing photos, this amazing photo of uh, this black hole. Supposedly, there's another one that they, they've been trying to uh, get a shot of as well. Um, read up on some of these pieces. I linked a couple cool articles in the Word of the Week this week if you uh, check it out there. Um, So much to be humbled by, to be astonished by. I wish you all weekends full uh, of such astonishment, centered on astonishment, my friends. Shabbat Shalom to any of you listening on Shabbat. Enjoy the start of the NBA playoffs. Go Dubs. First game is Saturday night. We will be celebrating, hopefully, their victory at uh, our spring fundraising gala. I will see many of you, I'm sure, there. Um, And uh, to all the rest of you, we will be back with you for one last pre-Pesach Yudcast next week.